For Book Talk, I'm Carol Doan. Carolyn J. Rose is a Vancouver-based novelist. Recently, I spoke with her about writing fiction, indie publishing, and finding redeeming qualities in her bad guys. You grew up in the Catskill Mountains. Mm -hmm. How did you get from the Catskills to Vancouver, Washington? (laughs) I went to college in Arizona because it was so much warmer than the Catskills. I remember walking to school, particularly my junior and senior year, back before girls could wear slacks to school. And temperature would be about, you know, 15, there'd be blowing snow, and I'd be walking along with my books huddled against my chest and saying to myself, I'm getting out of here, I'm getting out of here, I'm getting out of here. So you got out in college? Yeah, so I went to Arizona, and then in the middle of my graduate year, I joined Volunteers in Service to America and was sent to Little Rock, Arkansas. And I was there for two years in Vista, and then I was there for an additional... Gosh, I've lost track. Many years I worked for the governor's office on the commission on the status of women then, and I worked for um, a television station. And then on a whim, a friend of mine and I drove another friend's brother back out to Albuquerque, and we kind of fell in love with New Mexico, and we applied for jobs out there, and lo and behold, we got jobs out there. And then I met Mike in Albuquerque, and he wanted to go back to... uh, the Northwest because he was from here and his son had come back here and was kind of in uh, oh crisis, drop, getting ready to drop out of high school or had dropped out of high school. And so we just flew out to Eugene, interviewed, landed jobs, and packed up, got in the truck, moved out, worked there for five years. And um, then Mike was fired from <laughs> A station he'd been fired from, the same station once in the 70s, so, and then he was fired from it in the 90s. That's radio for so you. So either he's consistent or radio's consistent. Yeah, both. They're both consistent. And so he moved to Portland and went to work for KEX, and I moved up here and went to work for a TV station in Vancouver um, and did that for five years until the station folded and stayed, stayed here. And where did you get the bug to write books? Oh, I've always had the bug. I used to tell... Uh, my cousin's stories when we were little kids, and my grandmothers both read to us all the time. Back then, there weren't all the little kid books that there are now. You know, when you went to school, you read Dick and Jane, and it was pretty lame. Um, But I remember my grandmother would read Nathaniel Hawthorne to us when we were getting ready to take a nap. And that put you to sleep? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're still writing. Mm -hmm. How many books have you published? I just put one up on, I don't want to say this because we're in a bookstore, Kindle, um, yesterday. <laughs> so, and that's, that's going to be, uh, they don't call it self-publishing anymore. Now we call it indie publishing. So you're into indie publishing. Indie publishing. And you use the Kindle as a platform. Mm-hmm. And you host that on Amazon. Right. Com? Okay. So how many books have you published? I think this will be number 10. Oh, okay. Are you going for an even dozen? Or are you oh, shooting? I got three, four more I'd like to get out there. Probably will in the next year and a half. Um, and then Mike and I will write another one together this summer, probably. So. I'm wondering where you get some of the ideas for your novels. Um, do any of them come out of the classroom? I know you're a substitute teacher. <laughs> I do have a book I've written about a substitute teacher and a murder. 
but I'm saving that probably won't be out until next year. It needs some revision work, but so does the teacher murder the student, or is it no, 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 no? Okay. It's the other way around. Although I have had a lot of students volunteer to be the body. You know, they want, <laughs> <laughs> they want it, they, they're dying to get into your novel. Yes, they are. They okay. want it, they want me to have them be something in my novel. But and um, how do you like the Vancouver school kids here? They're great. They're great. I mean, they, you know, subbing has its moments, but it has a, a lot of really rewarding moments, and I really like that when I feel like I can make a difference in um, somebody's life, and maybe it's just sitting and listening to them, and maybe it's, you know, helping them with an assignment for one class when we're actually in another class <laughs> supposed to be doing that, but it's kind of like, it's like triage sometimes. You know, you see a kid, and he's doing okay in this class, um, but he's got an F in another class, and you happen to know that other teacher, and you happen to know he has an assignment due the next day. And so sometimes I'm like, well, let's let's see if we can get this done, you know, and turn this around. So like, it's like one class at a time. How has your writing changed since you very first started? God, let's hope it's gotten better. Because <laughs> my first book was awful. <laughs> Are you referring to the Casey Brandt series or something before Casey Brandt? Um, before that, oh, okay. you know, uh, it was just all um, telling, and it was just some of the weirdest similes known to man. I'm like, I need a simile here. Okay, I'll throw that one in. And then later I'd look at them, and they're like, oh, man, what was I thinking? Um, so it went on the shelf. And now there's a concept there that you mentioned, telling and not showing. Mm -hmm. Walk me through that. For someone who doesn't write, what is the advice that, that you give to students when, when you're the teacher teaching writing? Well, I would tell you not to tell much. Um, there are times when you have to gloss over something, but if you say, let's take, for example, I say she was a beautiful woman, that's going to mean something different to everyone. And what it means to you might not be what it meant to me when I wrote it down on the page. So we have to show you that beautiful woman, what she looks like and the effect she has on other people as the story unfolds so that the reader says, oh, my gosh, she's a beautiful woman. The writer doesn't have to tell the reader that. So write the writing part that's showing, the reader gets to experience what's in the writer's head. Right. Okay. As opposed to just experiencing what's in our own heads when we're reading the book. Um, do your characters find you? Or do they, or do you find them? Mm, I think it's I think it's both. I mean, sometimes you see something happen, just as you're driving by, and you wonder what came before that. One day, Mike and I were driving to the supermarket, and we're coming down a you know a residential street, and there's an elderly man mowing the little strip between the sidewalk and the street. He's got a lawnmower, and he's going back and forth in this little strip, kind of slowly, and as we're passing, we're only going about 20 because there's somebody in front of us going slow, this elderly woman comes, not really running, but sort of tottering out of the house and down the walk and comes up to the man and just pushes him with both hands on his chest. And then we were passed. And I've always thought about that, like, what happened in the 20 minutes before he went out to mow the lawn and she remained so furious that she would do this? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so did you ever write that in one of your books? No, I never have, but okay. it stuck with me, and I may use it sometime. Oh, okay. Um, do you ever eavesdrop on conversations and All find dialogue? All the time. Okay, well, tell me one. 
I eavesdrop a lot at school. I mean, there are times when it's almost like you you become part of the scenery when when kids are working on a project and you're kind of going around the room talking with some of them quietly, and they forget you're there. And sometimes I have to do the timeout symbol with my hands and go, TMI, way TMI. <laughs> <laughs> the writing that you've done so far the genre that you you write in. Tell us a little bit about your the genre. Well, it's been mystery so far. The book I just put up is suspense. So, but it has some murders in it. And what's the difference between mystery and suspense? Mm, mystery, you don't know who did it unless you're in the mind of the killer too, and so it's clues and the readers trying to figure it out usually with the detective. And a lot of times in suspense and thriller, definitely in thriller, you know who did it. Oftentimes you're in the head of the perpetrator as well. And it's so it's sort of a race to the crossing kind of thing where you're going to bring all the elements together in the end in a moment where a kind of a do or die moment, which can also happen in mystery. So the reader is basically seeing the train coming that's going to run yeah, over. Yeah, you see the train from a long way out, you know, from the from the moment the the bad guy is even mentioned the train is in the distance so it's coming the bad guys in your books do they have any redeeming qualities mm, sometimes they're very determined <laughs> sometimes they really believe they're doing the right thing um, so they're misguided yeah I wouldn't say misguided I'd say sick sometimes more than misguided some of them are misguided I guess and do these characters represent any part of Carolyn J. Rose? Well, I think we all have a little part of us where we would like to clean up our little corner of the world. And sometimes we'd like to use a really big broom. Um, and sometimes we just like to use a little feather duster. Uh, but sometimes, yeah, I get the urge to use the really big broom sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> to clean up your corner of the world. Right, right. Okay. And what would we find in that corner that's so dusty and dirty? Oh, I don't know. Just... I think everybody's corner of the world has regret in it, a lot of regret. If only I'd done, if only I'd said, if only I had stood up to that person, if only I had told that person what I really thought, if only, you know. And I think a lot of my characters are filled with regret. Do you use writing to help work through some of your regret? Mm, I don't know. Hadn't thought about that. Possibly. What is your biggest regret? Gosh. Well, I regret I didn't really start writing sooner, that I kept saying, you know, I'm going to get around to that, I'm going to get around to that. Uh, on the other hand, you know, I think you have to reach a certain level of maturity. Some people reach it real early, um, and, and call I call that didn't. seasoning. Seasoning, yeah. right. You yeah. need a little more seasoning. Yeah, and I was just, you know, I was just busy. I mean, I was working in TV news, and every day was just sort of a flat-out kind of day where you'd be so tired at the end of the day um, that you wouldn't really have the time to process other things. So. And if you had the time, you might not have the energy. Right, or you'd be somewhere with your friends screaming or yelling or complaining about what happened that day. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I wonder if the newspaper business is like that. It's probably exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, besides teaching and working in radio stations, are there other jobs or careers um, you would like to experience or wish you would have? Certainly not being a chef. The less time I spend in the kitchen now, the happier I am. Um, 
you know, I, sometimes I think I would have liked to have gone into um, maybe criminal investigation mm. some way because I, I do find it absolutely fascinating. I watch all of the the programs on that, all of the let's cut the body apart programs. You know, <laughs> Mike says it's just it's just gory, but he records them for me and then he watches them with me. So, and your husband retired this year. Mm-hmm. Do you have any plans to retire? Um, you know, it's good for one of us to be out of the house some of the time. And, um, I really like the fact that he's home because I can leave him a little list of things to do in the morning, which works great. You now have a personal assistant. I do have a personal assistant. He does the shopping, does a great job, uses coupons. How many guys will do that? Um, and he vacuums and he mows the lawn and, you know, he just keeps up with the stuff. So... I'm pretty happy about that. So in closing, Carolyn J. Rose, author of 10 books. You can find her books on Kindle at Amazon.com. And at Barnes, Cover to Cover. Cover to Cover books, Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. Any, any of your popular bookstores, you can look for Carolyn J. Rose, writer of mysteries, and today, uh, writer of suspense. <laughs> thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for inviting me. This has been Book Talk on Coob.com. I'm your host, Carol Doan. Join us again next time.